Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. The college tennis season officially underway. What a fun time of year it is. Right as the professional circuit starts slowing down, we have all of these individual college results to talk about, analyze, uh, watch, watch and enjoy as tennis fans, and that is why I'm so happy to bring on today's guests. You may know her from beforehand as the 2018 NCAA singles runner-up. She is this season's preseason number 14 in the ITA rankings, a WTA singles career high of number 449, and of course, most impressively, the 2019 ITA All-American Women's Singles Champion, Ashley Leahy of Pepperdine. Ashley, welcome to the Cracked Interviews podcast. Thank you. So let's start there. ITA All-American Singles Champion to start your senior year. How's that feel? It's really exciting to start the season off with some good results. I took some time off over the summer and then was able to be healthy and put in about a month of really, really solid training, maybe a little bit more right before we started the season. And then when tournaments started coming up, um, after the first couple of matches, I started to feel myself get into a really good rhythm. And that just kind of carried me through. And I've, I've had some good results. So it's really nice to see the training paying off a little bit. You're way too kind and diplomatic to say this. Plus, I feel like the Pepperdine press office must be in your ear by now. But <laughs> preseason number 14, it felt a little disrespectful for former NCAA singles finalists. Like, for you to come in, uh, again, you I think you only lost one set throughout the tournament, and it was in your first match. I'm sure you're not thinking about that sort of thing. But as, really, the, se- yeah. Yeah, as the senior to come in and get a victory, you talk about that pressure you're going to face. But it, it does it re- reassure you at all that, you know, it helps given all of the work you did keep you on the right path. Does what the, um, the uh, getting final? a title? Yeah. Just making it, getting a win oh, this title. early in the season. Oh yes. This, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the NCAAs. No, um, this, it, it absolutely does. I think anything, anytime, not, not so much winning or losing anytime you see some of the things you're working on in practice, um, come together in a match under, under pressure you're able to do some of those things it's a really really special feeling and it's what we train for to be able to go out and and use what we train and, and do it in front of people and in a bigger situation and I think that's awesome it's it's a really big moment I also think that there's a lot of stuff that I need to work on coming off of off of these tournaments my coaches were able to watch on some of the live stream and and they they're pointing out a pointing out a bunch of things that are a little bit of holes in my game that we're going to try to fix. So it's good because it's not, I'm not at my best yet. We're, we're still working to get there. So it's good to, it's a good checkpoint, but it's not the finish line. Sure. And for you, I noticed you only played two professional events uh, this summer. Sounds like you were nursing some injuries and things as well. But um, I guess, how are you feeling about your form? Are you feeling at, with a win like this, you're rounding into, you know, your best playing conditions? Yeah, I think, for the last few years, tennis has become a bit of a grind. It's started to feel like a chore. And I think it was a really, really difficult decision to take some time off because we get into this this 
rhythm of things where, oh, these people are working harder than me. I need to be working. I need to be working. I need to be doing this. I need to be putting in five hours a day. But if you're just going through the motions with those five hours a day and you're not actually anything, getting anything out of it, you're all you're doing is putting stress on your body for no reason. And I think for a while there, that's that's what I felt like. And I was chronically injured um, throughout kind of my sophomore and, and definitely my junior year, it would be two or three great weeks of training where I put in tons of work, but then I would overtrain and then something would start to hurt again and then I'd be out and I'd have to reset. And so it was just this really awful um, building and then just falling off and then building and falling off and I wasn't going anywhere. And so after a while, I said, I, I don't even enjoy this anymore. I, this is just becoming a chore I'm I'm not I'm not enjoying being on court I need to do something different I need to see a different um viewpoint and I mean I I'm sure you've seen this in in other interviews and stuff but I actually had an incredible opportunity to work with an organization called Made in the Streets in out in Kenya over the summer and it was an incredibly life-changing experience it helped me gain some amazing perspective on on everything and the opportunities and blessings that I have in my life and also just to see a world and a community way outside of myself that just broadened wow there's life outside of tennis and after that um, I came back and I spent the summer hanging out with family and friends and just enjoying myself I was still active I'm a very outdoorsy person so I'm still working out a lot in terms of climbing mountains and biking and all that but <laughs> but nothing nothing too tennis related which was just the mental and physical break that I really needed so when I finally did come back to playing I went and I trained in Spain with um an ex-teammate of mine who's actually doing really well on the pro tour and that training I was just so excited waking up every day ready to go and a completely different mindset of wow now now let's go like ready to train ready to build happy to be on court and it hasn't changed since then so yeah. yeah, there's a lot of different things to unpack there. I would say, you know, how many times do you hear from a coach in a cliche, come on, you got to climb this mountain in the third set, got to get to the top of it. So I would argue climbing mountains has a lot to do with tennis. Um, but that aside, it, it, just starting with the made in the streets, you getting the opportunity to step away from the game, uh, go yeah. to Kenya. Why was that the opportunity, you know, that was the most appealing for you? And can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Because that sounds fascinating. So my major here at Pepperdine is sportsman pre-med. So through that, I've actually had a lot of interaction with the science department. And one of the more heavily advertised thing in the science department here is the experience of, since Pepperdine is all about uh, service-oriented learning, they have this amazing course that ties biology of malnutrition into a service project. So we spend two weeks here in Malibu, eight hours of class a day, studying really, really intensively biology of malnutrition, research projects on different um, malnutrition diseases at prevalent in Africa. And then we actually got the chance to go to Kenya and um, live in this, in this small community where some of the, and work with street kids who are afflicted by the diseases that we studied and see that it was another thing for, for my major. A lot of it is very, okay, so this is a disease. This is this, this is the physiological pathway. You sometimes forget that there's people the, the things you're learning about are, are real people. And so that was another amazing experience um, outside of tennis. But uh, as for why it was the most appealing to me was just because it was advertised and I applied for it. And I didn't really realize what I was applying for until I actually did it and realized that 
how and realized what an incredible experience it actually was that was terribly phrased i feel like i should say that again no definitely leave that one in okay that was that that speaks to just uh, to have a passion outside of tennis because for yeah. you know listeners who are obviously tennis fans i'm sure they're well aware of it when you're on a tennis court part of the glory of it is it's an individual sport it's just you out there and so right. your success your failures are all on you and i'm curious for you to have and i know you didn't expect it to manifest in the form of a trip to kenya but for you to have you know, academic goals for you to know, under, you know, to know, regardless of what happens in your tennis career, you want to go to med school, become a doctor. Does that help at all to know that you have a pathway to turn to when things like you mentioned, struggling with injuries on the tennis court, things like that go on in your tennis life? I think, I think it's, it's dangerous anytime yourself by what you're doing, whether it's tennis, whether it's science, whether it's med school, whatever, career path I think that's kind of the pitfall that I've been struggling with these last few years where my identity comes from my grades and from my results and I think the Kenya experience because it was so different gave me a sense of the world outside of myself and the bigger picture and then also gave me an idea of the blessings and opportunities that I do have and so when I came back I had an enthusiasm and passion that was no longer based of, oh, I need to get A's. I need to go get go to med school. I need to get good results. It was more just, I'm doing these things because I love them. That's originally why I started doing them. And so I got back to that sense of, I'm playing tennis because I love being on court. I don't need to be on court for four hours today because I feel like I have to, but because I want to. I don't need to be studying for these tests because I feel like I need an A, but because I'm enjoying learning about the amazing physiological processes that make us up. And I think that that's the real mind, mindset change. It's not so much, oh, now I have a backup plan. It's, no, I have an identity outside of everything that I do. Sure. And for yeah. you, I'm curious, you know, you're such a high level athlete. I'm sure it's nonstop pedal on the metal on the tennis court. When was the last yeah. time you had taken an extended break from tennis just for yourself, not injury related? Oh, geez. Never. <laughs> Age eight? I, I, I was 10 or 11. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure that was just to, to not have that in your everyday routine. It must have been ridiculous. No, taking a break from tennis just gave me um, a chance to be myself outside of, of what I was doing, outside of my major, outside of being a tennis player. It just gave me a chance to, to build relationships with people and to do something different and to regain my sense of identity. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. And, and for you to have that sort of opportunity to now, you know, you talked about getting back on the court then and what a joy it was. Um, I guess for you, what was it about what was it about the daily grind that maybe got had gotten under your skin? It seems like it was just this idea of separating yourself from the tennis player. But, you know, what is it about getting back on the court that you enjoyed so much? Um, 
well, this is an amazing sport. And, and once you start to get into that shell of, of doing it for the wrong reasons and just going out because you think you need to practice for four hours, it can get really repetitive. And if you're constantly frustrated with yourself for making mistakes every time that you do something wrong, you just feel this anger build. And then it just becomes completely unproductive and you can walk off the court feeling really bad about everything. Um, and then I think just coming back, I gave myself so much grace. When I made mistakes, I was no longer so upset that I couldn't fix what was wrong. I could see, okay, the, this is why I made the mistake. I just need to make a small adjustment and I'll start making the ball. And it wasn't an instantaneous, oh, wow, now I'm playing great. It, I mean, it was three weeks of every single shot okay, the feedback, that was too short. What do I do on the next one? And just being able to really mentally engage without feeling all of this paralyzing frustration just building up. Yeah, and I acknowledge this is going to be a stupid question, but I noticed that uh, you're an Andy Murray fan. I'm an Andy Murray fan. He's coming back on after a long injury layoff. But given that this was your first extended layoff, again, stupid question in advance, but did you suck? Were you like, wow, like four weeks, I, I, I've lost it. I took like two months off and no, two I didn't months. suck. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, impressive. I, I, I took like two and a half months off and I, I was surprised by how fast it came back. I was very surprised, pleasantly it, surprised. Right, that's part of the it thrill. Like, You're like, these backhand steps feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, for, for sure the first day, but, but it, it, it was pretty bizarre to think wow i can take two and i mean and i i don't all i think that all high level tennis players can do this it just we don't but yeah i mean for the first couple of days it felt it was much easier to rebuild than i thought it was and i would actually recommend to my players who kind of were finding themselves in a rut take time off like you can come back absolutely i would yeah. say for for me this is, is stupid again you're much more talented than i could ever be but it's like serves and overheads i'm like i used to hit something over my head like are you serious like that's for me what i, I lost yeah yeah but the ground yeah the ground strokes come back a little easier yeah, the I I would agree. The serves, the serves and overheads being, and then I also think the expectations were so low, because I mean, after not playing for two and a, two and a half months, you don't you don't think you're going to be able to play very well. So you're just out there to just kind of, all right, well, we'll see how this goes. And when your expectations are so low, you feel so good about yourself about everything <laughs> you do. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, I, I could not agree with that more. It, it must have been a very fun process. And obviously it worked as you end up the ITA All-American singles champion. But uh, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. There's a couple more things I want to cover. We will do a rapid fire at the end. But as we're on the topic of going to Kenya, uh, no, 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 it's a fun rapid fire, I promise. But uh, give me two highlights from Kenya that you just think you'll never get to experience again. Um, An amazing sense of community and love for for everyone and a lot less of a competitive environment but more of and also just like the christian the christian community chapel every morning everyone goes off to chapel together and then they go to school together and just this amazing environment of of everybody working together it was it was pretty incredible the, the, the sense of community there was extremely extraordinary <laughs> Um, that's one thing I don't think I'll experience then. And on a more serious note, just some of the heartbreak to see the people who don't have anything. I, I know it sounds so cliche, 
but to just kind of give myself a chance to to really see what it means to to have nothing and that and that the obstacles in my life are are so so inferior and and that everything everything that comes along I need to I need to kind of I don't I don't want to say or oh my life's so much better I mean there's definitely things like the sense of community that people that people in other places don't have but we did have the opportunity so the, the organization we were working with was made in the streets which is where they take in street kids and they give them a home and they give them an education and everything and it was amazing to see the kids there um, and they're superheroes they've they've come off of the streets and completely reached completely changed their, their lives some of them have kicked drug addictions and to see the things that they've overcome compared to some of the things that I've had to overcome. But then we also had the opportunity to, to be with re- real current street kids and to see no shoes, dirty clothes, absolutely nothing. And, and that there's a bigger purpose to everything that we're doing. I, I think that my life I hope I really hope that I can use it to come full circle and that I can play for something bigger than myself so that eventually I have the chance to maybe even go back there and and try to change lives whether it's the resources or the medical knowledge or whatever but it just it just gives me something something bigger to work toward that that's so awesome I, again that's why I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that because that sounds like such a cool experience such a you know non-tennis different thing to get to do before your senior year uh well I am it sounds like it really has set you up well moving forward and even when there is you know time for you to hang up the tennis racket but before you do that you still have one more full season of college tennis to play and I do want to talk a little bit about that obviously you being a senior at Pepperdine you guys have had uh you know I would say a healthy amount of success. I don't think you've lost more than five times in a season during your three years, uh, NCAA round of 16 or better all three years. Uh, how are you feeling? How's the team feeling looking into 2019, 2020 season? I think this team has a pretty incredible bond outside of the court. We are best friends off court. And I think that that helps us build on court. We can easily, we kind of know each other well and with how awesome the freshmen are they are just ready to go usually it takes freshmen a couple months to figure out where they are and what they're doing and and our freshmen have really stepped it up and just showed us what it means to 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 get on board with a pretty difficult program of training and everything and just raise that level um and i think as as a senior i feel like i'm i'm equipped to lead a little bit more just because i have more experience than the other girls and i think i've kind of done a a decent job of stepping into that role and trying to um, use my energy. I have another senior on the team with me, Jess, and we both we both try to uh, to keep that bar super high, and and we don't let each other drop. Um, and I think that as we build together, uh, we're just going to get better and better. And this this season looks very promising for us. Absolutely, and you guys come off of a year. I, I do. I'm curious your thoughts. Last year, you make the quarterfinals, uh, lose to Stanford in that quarterfinal NCAA match, but you got to host a round of uh, round of sixteen. You know the super regional format now. That extra match coming to Malibu. Curious your thoughts. What was that like getting that extra match? Did you enjoy that format? I'm sure you did. As oh you got my to gosh, be the host. so much fun. <laughs> that was that was so awesome. That was one of my one of my favorite college experiences. Um, it, a lot of people came out for that, friends, family, professors. I live pretty close here, and I have a lot of family who lives close here. And so they were able to come out and just to watch such an important match 
and the whole team was just stepped up that day. We were all completely fired up in gear. It was all of our work kind of coming together. We played a great team. UCF was awesome, and they put up a huge fight, and it was it was neck and neck the whole way. But eventually it came down to me and one other teammate, and I was able to, to finish that match. And just that feeling of, of actually winning it started raining right after I won the match, and the people were throwing water and stuff. So it, was just, <laughs> it felt like a real winning the Super Bowl kind of thing. <laughs> that's awesome that's and i think awesome. i think you're a really cool person to ask this question because you're fresh or maybe yeah i think your freshman year you guys went down to georgia beat georgia 4-3 in the round of 16 and i'm sure that's an awesome experience we can talk about in a second but you also had the heartbreak of going to a neutral site at a round of 16 losing 4-3 to georgia tech i think your sophomore year so you, you, uh, yeah. you yeah not to bring up the tough ones but so you've experienced it from all sides and i'm curious your thoughts on on yeah. the rule change of putting the round of 16 match on college campuses as opposed to one general site. You know, should your Pepperdine team be ranked 9 through 16, will you be bummed that you have to go somewhere, or is it still just cool to play on a campus? Oh, that's, a, that's actually a good question. I <laughs> Thank you. I think... I think cheering is cheering. I think it's fun when, when the crowd gets a chance to, to be involved and engaged in the match whether it's against you or for you i mean typically you want it to be for you but <laughs> but i think if when the viewers are engaged in in the match because of an emotional or, or vested interest so they're from that area it's it's always more, more exciting so i don't i i like the i like the change i don't mind it yeah, it is cool. You just get that extra round. It's one more match, and usually in May, most classes either done for everyone, and people are just lingering on campus as well. So a little right. bit more laid back for the athletes, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for UCLA and Stanford on that quarter system, just grinding through missing a couple weeks of school. <laughs> yeah, no, it's brutal, especially like if you want to make an individual run after the team run. It's like, yeah, yeah well, I exactly. missed all of that. I think that's a huge advantage for teams like us. We have like a month of training, just no no school. We're just on campus training, hanging out, enjoying being in Malibu, and then we get to go play the most fun tournament of the year. So it's ideal for us, but for the for the people who are still stuck in school, I just feel kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's a, I like that because yeah. that's a perfect transition into my next question uh, for our listeners. You know, obviously you're a senior at Pepperdine. Uh, you, so many players, it seems now in college tennis, transfer between schools. And for you, you've stayed, you know, the course all four years, despite having some pro success as well. As I mentioned, you've reached top 500. Uh, what is it about Pepperdine that A, attracted you to the school and B, keeps you coming back? Oh, wow. That's I could go on for. Do you have forty five minutes? <laughs> I do, but you're the one holding your you know phone to your ear, so uh, it's a little There's, easier for me. This school is so special. There, I I can't even begin to tell you how blessed I I am to have had the opportunity to come here. It's changed me in so many in so many ways. It's given me an identity outside of of what I do. It's given me a chance to. Um, be influenced by some of the most incredible people that I've ever met. It's given me faith, um, and I I owe I owe so much of who I am to this school um, and to the coach here as well. I think that was originally what got me here was was Pear, knowing that we had a really good connection from 
um, what we had talked about uh, before I came to the school. And I just, I thought that we had a, a better connection than I did with some of the other coaches. And so I was like, all right, I want to work with you. And that's what I came to, to Pepperdine for. And then I was encouraged throughout my time here to engage in more than just tennis. That's how I learned that I love science. And some of the professors I've had have just been amazing. They've, uh, they've, they're not just professors. They actually genuinely care about you and their leaders. They inspire you with the small class sizes. They know who you are and they can just, um, everything that they do, you can learn from. Um, yeah, they're mentors. It's, it's, it's amazing. I feel like that's the, that's the environment here at Pepperdine is you just are surrounded by an incredible community of people who are doing great things and they're doing great things for great reasons. And they just take everything as a blessing and the whole purpose service leadership I've seen, that's, that's our motto, our school motto for those who don't know. I, I've seen it every day throughout my time here. And I think the, my, the biggest change I've seen in myself is just this selfishness that I had from, I mean, tennis is a selfish sport and to have that start to slowly everyone around me try to try, try to break that down and turn me into a person who's it's, it's taught me more than just tennis. It's taught me more than just science. It's taught me how to, who I want to be and how to become that person. Sure. I, I have to ask this obvious follow-up. The best part about living in Malibu for four years. Um, yeah, that's a, uh, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you earned it. Look, it's not like you're not living up to that Pepperdine student athlete. You're the ITAL American champion. Yeah. No, it, Malibu is absolutely incredible. I, it's got mountains. It's got oceans. It's the whole outdoors. It's it's stunning. It's every single day. Sometimes I'll be stressed out and I'll just walk outside and see how incredibly beautiful everything is and just feel a little bit less stressed. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. There's got to be every morning yeah. you wake up and you're just like, oh, like this is Yeah, crazy. you just, you see that sunrise and it's going to be a good day. Literally, <laughs> you see that sunrise. That is such an yeah. awesome thing um, for sure. Well, then for you, I'm curious, you, you talk about loving Pepperdine because it's helped you round out into a complete person. I mentioned the pro success you had. You know, you've won a couple events on the pro circuit. I believe it was in 2017 yeah. in the summer where you won an event in Sumter. And then in 2018, you went uh, semifinal, semifinal in June in Sumter and Baton Rouge back to back as well. Um yeah. I, I know it. you have out goals outside of tennis, but it sounds like you, you're focused on tennis and at some point pursuing professional tennis. What right. was it for you tennis-wise? Um, why didn't you feel the need to turn pro? Was it something about the state of your game or was it, as you mentioned, because there are other things you want to learn about yourself besides just you as a tennis player? Oh, exactly. That, it, was, it was that. I was not ready to be a professional tennis player. I, I, I want a degree and... Aside from that, I want to, when I turn pro, to be 100% ready to actually play tennis and to be able to be independent, to motivate myself, to have all of the skills that an independent, self-serving person has. And I just don't think I've been ready until now I'm starting to feel I'm starting to feel ready. This is the first time in my life, though. I've, I've never even blinked an eye at oh, should I go pro? Should I not? I just have never felt ready. And that's completely independent of whether my game was ready or not. Yeah, that's fair. And I think, that, again, this is a stupid joke to turn to, but 
why leave Malibu when you don't have to? Um, yeah. But, yeah, but for your team, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. You talk about what you guys are looking at. But personally, you know, you're the leader now. You're the captain. Uh, yeah, you've already had this early season success. But for your team personally this season, are there goals of we want to win another conference title? We want to get to the NCAA quarterfinals. Is it, you know, the big goals from the beginning for you? What What do you want to leave in place with this being your final season? I think there's those unspoken goals. I don't. I think we should sell ourselves short. I, I think we can try to shoot for that championship. Um, but if if that doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. I think the more important thing is that we give ourselves the best chance at that at that championship. Give ourselves, prepare ourselves to compete to the best of our ability, and just give it our best shot. And and so the bigger goal is to throughout the season prepare for that by by competing every day in practice by showing up um, doing the little things right nutrition um, sleeping uh, uh, taking care of our bodies all of those things so that we can train to the best of our ability and and go for that championship I mean you never know anything can happen I think there's a lot of teams that are very competitive for it and I think we're one of them and for you uh, this is in terms of your team philosophy I know for your coach it's always FIO right figure it out what what does that mean to you know for our listeners who don't understand the phrase Uh, figure it out yeah or or all that goes into it yeah well that's just kind of been the motto for the last four years (laughs) (laughs) yeah you got uh, two projects uh, four tests and uh and a paper due do next week. Okay, FIO, you'll figure it out. All right, okay. Don't know how, but I mean, we have. We've made it this far. So, but yeah, FIO is definitely something that uh, it's it's just something to go back to go back to. There's always a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. So you really can figure it out. You just got to put your mind to it. You just got to sometimes put your head down and just grind. And I think that that's, that's one way to get yourself going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, then my final serious yeah. question for you, and then we'll get into the rapid fire, I promise. But in terms of those professional tennis go- goals, and I know you have a full season before that, but is that the goal for you after this season to go play professionally for as long as you can? Yeah, if I'm, if I'm still healthy, I'm going to play pro for sure. If I start to get injured on and off again, I think that's probably going to be it for me. Sure, but yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm being very careful to take care of my body, but I just, if, if I can't, if my body can't handle it, I'm not going to try to beat a dead horse to death again. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right saying, but, but I just, if I'm healthy and, um, and enjoying playing, but I basically, if I have something where they're there, okay, another six months, I'm, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to start studying for the MCAT and go to med school and get on with my life. But, but I, ideally I would love to play pro tennis. I think it's an amazing opportunity travel um and and i i love the sport so i really really hope that i can stay healthy yeah i'm sure i speak for tennis fans everywhere when i say we hope you do as well because it's been so fun to watch your college career uh you know hopefully you get to continue on but with that in mind enough of the serious stuff there's one last thing i want to do it's the something we'd like to do with all of our guests a rapid fire series of questions i'm not gonna lie ashley the rapid fire had been getting staled so I wrote up a, a new series of questions. I apologize for making you the test subject to my questions. But with that in mind, you ready to rock and roll? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. And again, rapid fire more in the sense that I'm going to ask a lot of questions than you have to give me you know, a fast answer. But Westoff, with that in mind, cue the rapid fire sound effect, please. 
more enjoyable for you, winning 4-3 at Georgia or clinching that round of 16 at home last year? Um, clinching that round of 16 at home. Just so cool. People say Dan McGill, Georgia, that's the place to play, but no. They, it started It started raining, and then um, they played my favorite song <laughs> over the loudspeakers. And then people were throwing ice water all over the place. It literally couldn't have gotten better. It was like a very, very perfect moment. <laughs> oh, I like it. All right. Well, then yeah. we're, we're going to move on to the new questions. And again, I apologize in advance. But okay. if you were to describe your tennis game as a superhero, which would you pick? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know any superheroes. Can you give me some multiple choice? Uh, you can pick Batman, Superman. Iron Man? We'll go with. Uh, which one's the most up and down? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a good question. We'll go with Iron Man then. You you feel Iron like Man, a Tony okay. Stark. All right. Are you pro or anti-grunting? Oh, I grunt, so I can't say I'm anti-grunting. I don't like it, but I do have to grunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's fair. All right. The moment you realized yeah. you were pretty damn good at tennis. Ooh. Um... Probably when I was 13 and I made the finals of Easter Bowl. Oh, I like that. All right. This is a national championship, yeah. No, good. Because I feel like for you, with all due respect, because it is a selfish sport, as you mentioned, you have to believe in yourself. Uh, So there has to be that sort of moment. And I'm interested to hear about it. Um, All right. Are you a big TV person? No. Uh, Not if it. All right. Then I'm going to scrap that. Wait, wait, wait. What was the question? Um, the question is, be honest, if you see diners, drive-ins, and dives on the TV, do you automatically stop and watch it? Because for me, the answer is yes. Like, oh, I'm going to the Food Network immediately. Uh, exactly. Look, like I said, it's a work in progress. All right, it's Halloween week, so I, I want to do a couple – or Halloween's coming up, a couple Halloween yeah. things. Um, Halloween, more of a national holiday or neighborhood-wide potluck? <sighs> You know what they do? They always have tournaments during these holidays. So as a kid, I never <laughs> celebrated them because <laughs> I was always playing tournaments. And now I'm in college and just like always studying for tests. So um, neither. <laughs> we'll go with Pollock okay. then. I'll take that as. But I feel like you can answer this just objectively. If you were to have gone trick-or-treating, which sounds like maybe you never did. Not really. Uh, which is crazy. Yeah, um, but you get. Let's say you got to someone's house and their lights were off, and you know there's a full bowl of candy. Oh yeah, no, I'm and, not the take one person, unless you know. Are you, you gonna take them all? I, I mean, not all of them, but definitely a handful. You'll you'll pick out the Reese's, right? Yeah, I pick out my favorites for sure. <laughs> I like it. Well, then that leads into my next one. Picking out food wise, it's a cheat day for you. What are you going with? Cheat day? Oh, um, a burger, basic, but. But yeah, that's probably what I go with. No, when you go trick-or-treating, you go house-to-house till you find the best burger. Everyone knows that. You're not missing anything. Oh, Um, trick-or-treating? You said it's a trick-or-treat day? No, no, no. No, cheat day. I was just – that was a bad joke. Okay. Uh, Yeah, don't don't worry about that. Um, All right. Okay. A little little more serious. How important is string tension? Very unimportant. (laughs) Really? I agree. I'm like – I couldn't tell you what I string at. I mean, I just think that okay. Well, I don't know. I'm starting to, I'm starting to change my opinion on that because I've been, I've been restringing a lot more often and I've been doing pretty well. So, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't think it's that important. I think there's a, there's a range that it's, it's fine in. 
All right, I can agree with that. Well, then, again, another serious one. The thing you hope to impro- improve the most over your final college season? Attitude on and off the court. Just being positive about everything and, and recognizing all of the, the great things that I have going in my life. Sure. And then the last one, a little sentimental, but the thing you'll miss most about playing in front of the Malibu crowd? I don't know. I love the ocean view. <laughs> it's, it, I think, <laughs> I think it, it's it's pretty amazing. Some of the people that, that come to our matches are, we have some pretty loyal fans. Our athletic director comes out. The president of our university is, is at all of our matches. Um, the new president for for this year. And uh, we've, we've got some really loyal people who just always find a way to show up. And I think that's pretty amazing. It just, it just shows what a great little tight knit group we've got here at Pepperdine. Absolutely. And it's probably, you know, it speaks to why you guys have had so much success over your time there. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us tonight. Good luck to you and your Pepperdine team, who you love all equally as favorites. All equally th- as <laughs> Throughout this 2020 season, you know, hopefully you'll win something else and you'll let us talk to you again soon. Okay, great. Thanks so yeah, much. Awesome. Take care. great talking to you. All right. Bye.